Gabe Kapler is back. He's probably running around Northern Liberties. Getting a fake tan. Getting his teeth cleaned. <laughs> Gabe is back in South Philly. I have PTSD from the trauma of the Kapler years to do breathing exercises tonight. Phillies Giants start a nine-game homestand after a horrific national series. We get to see our old friend, Gabe Kapler, and the San Francisco Giants, a team that has plagued us for a long time. It's been a house of horrors playing there. Luckily, this will be here. Gabe is 12-3 and against the Phillies since he's left as, a, as the Giants manager. <clears throat> and it's a big series. The Phillies come up small this past weekend against Washington, who's a young, tough, scrappy team. But we had a real opportunity to put our foot on the throat of some of the opponents and we have a 6-1 lead on Friday night that we can't even enjoy within a blink of an eye at 7-6. Rojas drops a fly ball and Lorenzen, who was really good his first two starts, better than good. Just totally implodes and just like that at 7-6 and we don't score again. Saturday, we explode after what looked like a dismal game, 3-0. Nick hits a three-run home run to tie it in the seventh, and then our offense just explodes. Trey Turner hits two home runs in one inning. Everybody gets a piece. Stott hits a home run. Schwarber even got a base hit RBI. And then last night, they never even showed up to the park. I don't think they ever got out of the stands from watching the Little League game. And it was cool. It was a cool night. You had the kids. The kids were excited. The players were excited. It was really cool. The interaction between the kids and the players. The Phillies having cool bats. And it seemed like the kids really loved it. But they don't show up. Offensively. They get two hits off a guy who is not very good. Wheeler gives up four runs in the first and then settles in. And the game is, uh, you know, four runs should not be out of reach, but we don't make anything happen until the ninth uh, where we score three. And they lose 4-3. So they lose two. They drop 2-3 or three to the Nationals. Get the Giants tonight. And our old friend is in town. One of the guys that drove me nuts more than anybody, Gabe Kapler. 
with his um, his con artist post game interviews, his antics of doing things that were really bizarre, like he invented baseball, um, overmanaging, not being prepared, not having guys up in the bullpen, bringing closers in, tie games on the road, having, uh, remember the one game he had uh, Vince Velasquez in left field. Um, and I think, was it Martinez was pitching a position player. He used to run out of guys. He would use eight to nine guys in the bullpen in like a few innings. Um, chew his gum, strut out to the mound, have his fake tan, and then after the game tell you that everybody's great and all of these players are elite and everybody's amazing. And he was part of the Matt Clentak, Andy McPhail, disastrous multi-year run which led us to this point and I think he's a better fit in San Francisco he goes out to San Francisco his first year he wins 100 100 plus games I think he wins manager of the year they fall short first round lose to the Dodgers of course last year they weren't very good don't make the playoffs and this year they're um, they're not bad I think they're nine games over, six games over 500. Um, was it nine? It might be six or nine, but they're two games back from us. <clears throat> so I guess it's nine because we're 11. Um, and it's a big series, huge series. You don't want to make a habit of being the last wild card team. I know everybody thinks... Well, they did it last year. That was last year. That's not to get hot. They were not the best team in the National League last year. They had 87 wins. They weren't better than the Braves. They weren't better than the Dodgers. They weren't better than the Mets. They may, maybe were better than San Diego, but I don't even know if that is definite, but I, but probably. They won 87 games, the last wildcard team. So out of 162 games, they were the worst of those teams, those six teams. They get in, they have timely hits, they have good pitching, bullpens lights out, Harper goes off, they they get to the World Series. That isn't going to be a common formula to get to the World Series. It isn't going to be common that these Braves, Dodgers type teams are just going to keep losing after the bye. Now the bye, who knows? I don't. You get some days off, maybe you come back and you're not as sharp. Um, you're out of rhythm. But... You, you want that first wild card. You want that first wild card. You don't want to have to play an extra series. You want home games, right? So they're in great position. They win two out of three against San Francisco. Then you know they have they have six more home games. They have the Cardinals coming in who aren't very good. They there's no reason they can't start really distancing 
distancing themselves from these teams. They're better than Miami. They're better than Cincinnati. They're better than Chicago. And they're better than San Francisco. Now, those teams are scrappy and hungry. And they're not going to just quit. And I know everybody says it's a foregone conclusion. Phillies are going to make the playoffs. I think on August 21st that they will. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but I think that they will. What wild card spot they get, I don't know. But there's no room for error. You don't have that kind of lead that you can go on a two-week span where you don't play well. Every series counts. This is the biggest series of the year, and this counts the most right now. And then you go from there. I imagine that place will be excited tonight. And hopefully they're ready to play. Because yesterday they weren't. And I think they will be. Gabe will come out with his opener. So he does this thing, Tampa Bay kind of evented a few years ago where he he brings guys in from the bullpen and just takes them out as he goes. So we'll have multiple guys. A handful of guys will pitch. This is this is what I mean with Gabe. He invent it's like he invented baseball. He likes to do these weird outside the box things and he just can't I mean baseball was played one way for X amount of years and he comes in and, and look the Rays do it well but they're a little bit different the way that they do it. I mean, they have they have a lot of good arms and good development and good talent in their pipeline, and they can't compete because they don't have the money, so they have to come up with these things. I get it, and they've done it well. I mean, they've been successful for the last 15 years. And Gabe wants to, wants to be that way. So we'll see how it works out for them. I imagine that it may not work out great. But we need Aaron Nola to be Aaron Nola. We need the offense to be the the huge payroll offense that they are. That they've shown that, you know, this team is so weird. I can't figure, every time they look like they're going to get going offensively, they have a night like last night. They're too good. I, it's like they, I, I don't know what it is. It's like they, they, they don't. They almost have Topper's personality, which is very laid back, no pressure, no urgency, which is fine. That's fine. I mean, in some ways, baseball, that's the kind of personality you have to have. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a long season. But, but sometimes I wonder if there are moments where you do have to have some urgency. And maybe they think, Look, we're going to get in, and we're good enough to do what we did last year, so we're not going to panic. We don't need to show up every day. But I don't, I don't know necessarily necessarily that you can do that. And they have the horses to be good and make a run. But you'd like to see their offense get going here consistently for a couple weeks. I mean, there has not been a stretch this year. where they've gone on like a multi-week run where they have a lot of their lineup just clicking. Most of the year has been the majority of the lineup not clicking 
and then one or two guys that are kind of carrying you through. And they need, and they've showed, they showed it on Saturday for a brief period. They need a stretch where they just have guys, multiple guys that are just hitting. And and this could be it. You got a homestand coming up. It's warm out. I think Trey Turner's gotten a little bit of confidence back. Nick came out of his July funk. Schwarber had two home runs the other day, but I, I do just I think he is what he is. You have you know, I, Bryce looked like he was feeling a little better, elevating the ball. So I think this could be a moment that we look back to when the season ends. Every season has that series where you go, hey, remember that series where they maybe this is it. And maybe I'm being naive. Maybe it's the maybe it's that giant series. Maybe we look back and say, hey, remember that big giant series or two games up? Aaron Nola came out and really pitched well. We hit. A couple guys got going. Man, that really that really turned. Now I know I'm not a momentum guy. I know baseball is day to day pitching matchup. I don't believe in this. Oh, but teams do get hot. And teams do get confident. And teams do have stretches at the plate where they just rake. I mean, that happens. I don't, it's not necessarily momentum. It's just stretches of the season. We haven't had it. And I think we need it. And I think this is an opportunity to get it. And I, you know, I think, and the other thing we're seeing is like Ken Bryce become somewhat of what he was. Now, he's a gamer. He's clutch. He's a winner. Let's look for Bryce now as as he gets further removed from this injury. He gets a little more confident at first base. Let's look for Bryce to get hot again at the plate and carry us. This is his time of year. He loves these moments. He loves the big moment. He loves the spotlight. The Jimmy Rollins type. Um. You know, plays better with the lights on. So let's look for him to kind of be the catalyst that everybody can kind of get behind. Hear that? That's the sound of a walk-off albatross. A two on a par five to win a two-day golf tournament. That shot happened to me. One in 600 million odds. Since then, people call me Albie. Now, I've told this story so often, my friends can't take it. I'm pretty sure my wife, next time I tell her, she's going to leave me. So I decided to start a podcast to tell the entire world about it. Because it deserves it. It's the craziest shot you've never heard of. And guess what? There's tons more stories like this all around golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. Join me and my fellow degenerates, Pan and Shepard as we dive into them. Insane bets, crazy what-if scenarios, and all the you-had-to-be-there type moments in golf. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Did I tell you about Malbatross? But I do worry about their pitching. You know, I heard I heard um, Ricky Batalico today, who I, I think is a, is a bozo in a lot of ways, but... He did make an interesting point about, he said, you know, this team played into, I guess it was into November by the time that World Series was over. They had a very, most of those guys have not played that long. 
in their career. Offensively, right? Those guys. Short turnaround. The pitching has, those guys have never pitched that long. Like we've talked about before, Nolan Wheeler, most innings in baseball, top five. I think Nolan's won since 2018. So maybe you're seeing a little bit of just fatigue. As a group, maybe it's just starting to get to them a little bit. And maybe they're, you know, they need that adrenaline that September and October brings to really get it out of them. The, the, the dog days of summer, mid-August. You know, I was thinking, there has not been a stretch that a starting pitcher has been really dominant besides Ranger in June for five starts, I think. Tawan Walker was like okay for a little while. He really carried us in the beginning, but he wasn't like dominant. But Ranger in June, besides that, you know, Wheeler had a good start or two, then he was bad. Nola had a good start, but then he was bad for two. And I just, I just hope that that's not something that we, because um, now Rangers hurt again. I just hope that's not something that that bites us. I hope it's something we can rely on because you you really need it. We'll see how Lorenzen bounces back after getting hammered. Looks like Alvarado's back tonight, which is huge for depth, and hopefully he can get back to just a resemblance of what he was last year would be nice. But there's a lot of innings. There's a lot of bullets. There's a lot of fatigue. There's a lot of guys that probably aren't used to this much. And we'll see. We'll see if, it, you know, sometimes you get into, into October and adrenaline can get you through. But let's look to this series. You know, maybe we stay positive. We look to this series as, as something that might catapult them forward uh, for the next five weeks as we get into the end of the season here. I thought it was an interesting comment the other day. We, we always talk about the lineup. And I'm, I, you know, I, I've talked about this till I'm blue in the face. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I've, I've stopped talking about Schwarber because it's never going to change. But um, as I talk about the lineup, uh, Topper moves everybody around in the lineup. Stott moves, Bohm moves, Nick moves, Bryce even moves from three to four. Obviously, Turner. Rojas has moved. I mean, not Rojas. Marsh has moved. Schwarber never moves. But I thought it was interesting. I think it was last week after... um, Turner hit the home run after he got the standing ovation. Started getting a little more confident. They asked him after the game about moving. He actually said that he doesn't like it. I thought that was very telling. Here's an 11-year, 300-something million dollar player who who comes out and says he doesn't like moving around. I thought that was that was really telling. But 
Topper obviously doesn't take to it because he um, he still does it. There's just one guy that doesn't move. Uh, the guy at the top, Babe Ruth. That's what I call Schwarber, Babe Ruth. He doesn't move. Everyone else moves. So I'd like to see that stop. You know, last night he moves Bohm, who was batting second forever, looked good, had a tough road trip, but looked good in the two-hole, moves him to the seven-hole, moves Turner back to the two-hole. Just so much moving around. Like, let's pick a lineup, even if I disagree with it, and just stick with it for a few weeks. You don't have to be a scientist. I call him the mad scientist. (laughs) I got that name from a buddy of mine. He calls him the scientist. We call him the mad scientist. He's just always, he's always uh, in the lab. He's always like doing stuff with the computers and the, what can he do to change stuff? Except one thing, he never changes, which is Babe Ruth. So I'd like to see that stop. I'll tell you, I got to give a guy credit. Um, Jake Cave, who, I, who I've ripped and who I, you know, for a while was like, you know, I can't believe this is what we're dealing with. Jake Cave has started to play really well. I don't know if it'll, it'll keep up. He's played a decent field. And he's starting to really look confident at the plate and hit. Hit a home run last night that he crushed. If Jake Cave could give them anything, it's going to be an incredible boost for this team. So we'll see. So I, so that's my, I think this is a big series. I, well, we know it's a big series. I think this could be a series that could really be important for them to um, just turn things around offensively and really get get some guys going for the next couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure Topper will be in a sweatshirt, 95 degrees, will wear a sweatshirt. We'll have the, uh, the great broadcast crew. Tuesday they'll be in the alley, Ashburn Alley. So... Get your remotes on mute. There'll be a lot of food. There'll be a lot of laughing and joking. Um, before we go, I heard an amazing stat today about our beloved, uh, disastrous Sixers franchise, which has become a total nightmare. I mean, anyone who's followed it, Harden, Maury, there's now an investigation. Um uh, into tampering possibly what did Maury tell Jim what did Jim know about money and contracts Joel took Philadelphia out of his Twitter profile PJ Tucker sticks up says he has a Harden's back I mean I mean it is it is like pure chaos right I mean it just the process ending in flames now everybody's on the radio saying it was it, the process didn't work. I mean, it, it's incredible to watch this stuff play out. Um, it's like when did when did that become a thing? I thought that was, I thought it worked last year, but now it doesn't work anymore. But I heard a stat today that there's been 36 MVP players in NBA history. So I think the MVP has been around since 1957. A lot of guys have won it multiple times. So there's been 36 players all time who have won MVP, uh, regular season. 35 of those players have made an Eastern Conference Final. Not the MVP year necessarily, but in general. Some players are still playing. Joker, LeBron, Steph. 
There's only one who has never made a conference final, who's won MVP in NBA history. Joel. It's an amazing stat. Now let's say, guys, well, he's got to wait till the end of his career. Well, he's 10 years in. So, you know, we can watch it. But I think you are seeing um, a, a really bad movie play out with Joel here. He is very close to wanting to leave. Very close. And if they don't get ahead of this thing, which they won't because they're incompetent, before he demands it, it will be catastrophic. Because then they're going to have no leverage. Teams are going to know that he they, he wants to leave. He's not going to play or whatever. Have some injury like the rest of them do. He's going to say where he wants to go. And then other teams aren't going to give you anything because he doesn't want to go there. Same as Jim. You, you need to move him now. Go back and listen to my podcast from a year ago. Before that, I said move him then. Before it's over, it's over. It's now over. You can't win a championship. You have a 0% chance. I don't want to hear you can get max players. You cannot win a championship with him here. He has value. He has the most value he's ever had. He just won MVP. Move him now. Or this thing even gets worse. I mean, you're talking about multiple years before they're good. Five years, six years, seven years. You might be, if you wait and don't get anything back, like you didn't for Ben, like you couldn't for a lot of other guys, maybe 10-plus, while Josh Harris goes and buys the Washington football team and other teams, and all the guy cares about is cash, not about winning. He, he would like to win, I'm sure. He spends money, but he doesn't know how to win, and he doesn't put people in place that know how to win. So that's my two cents on the Sixers. We'll get into more Eagles here in the coming weeks. Hasn't been a ton of movement. Um, just trying to get through preseason and the camp. I mean, that's really, besides that, none, none of this stuff matters. We just need to get to week one against New England. So we'll talk about that more. All right, thanks, everybody. Enjoy the Phillies. Enjoy Gabe. Um, put it on mute as much as you have to. Don't worry, I do. Uh, try not to get sick while Gabe walks out to the mound every inning with chewing his gum. All right, everybody. Have a good week.